I'm a dumbass. Rise and shine pile. Pitter patter. Let's get at her. Already screwing things up right out of the gate. It's Buckeye and Baked Goods, a B-team edition of the Jim Davis Show today and on a tomorrow. Monday. On a Monday. Yeah, it's uh, it's already a Monday. We've already screwed up. I have two things in green on my old uh, hotkey button bar bank deal, ah. and I hit the wrong one because, as we cover in these parts... I'm a dumbass. I am indeed a dumbass, and I suck at my job. So... Here we are. Welcome in on a Monday. Let's see. It is a uh, Monday in the NFL after week 14. Both of our teams getting good wins. Good, solid winnerooskies. Mine over a playoff team at home. Yours over a draft lottery team if the NFL had one thing on the road. But division rival. Division rival. Nonetheless, dominant. First division rival. Road win for the Broncos in four years. Did I see that correctly? Uh, I don't doubt Browns you. Fan, our Broncos fan over there. I don't. You don't know these sorts of things? I don't know 100%. I know it's the first win at SoFi for the Broncos. In ever and all eternity. Because you may or may not recall, they got their... It's a new stadium. It's a relatively new stadium. They played the Rams mm-hmm. last year on Christmas Eve and got... Sh- Stomped. Oh, yeah. That was the 50-burger Nathaniel Hackett. See ya. Goodbye. Yes, that was that game. And then we lost to the Chargers last year. And so so, so it's the first road win at SoFi mm-hmm. for Denver. Let's see. Dropped at the Chargers, at the Raiders, at the Chiefs last year. So that's one year. 2021, you also lost... At the Raiders and Chargers. Oh, back-to-back weeks. And the Chiefs. So that's a two-year. I believe the note is what I saw. But as we've covered, I don't really go look those things up. I just talk about them. 2020, they did not get a road win there either. And, uh, hey, looking back, the last in-division road game that the Denver Broncos won at the Los Angeles Chargers in that soccer stadium, 2019. How about Javante Williams getting into the end zone? First time in two years. That's on the surprising. Ground. On the ground, he does have a couple uh, receiving touchdowns and an ACL surgery in there as well. So not just a, you know, he's been ineffective for two years, but they just haven't, they haven't found gotten a way. him into the end zone on the ground and to be in fair, two years. And to be fair, it was set up solely by Ohio State Buckeyes. Let's not bury the lead there there was also the fact that it wasn't just javante williams that struggled to find the end zone in the red zone yeah, it was for the whole the last team two really years. it was a it was a combined effort yeah. so and i have to say i i've heard that oh you know coming out of the half the broncos aren't very good man alive to have a singular first down the entire season in the first drive after halftime. And what, eight times they've gotten the ball to start the second half and they have one first down? Yeah, they've always deferred. Yikes. Well, yeah, they've always, they always defer. And, they, and, and so they get the ball to start the second half more than half the time this season. And they have one more first down than I do. They, we had this conversation on Friday because we asked the question, 
should Denver consider accepting the ball, you know, to start the the first half mm-hmm. and kick it off the second half, see if that, you know, shake-up changes. Because, again, like we were talking about, they struggle coming out of the gate out of the second half. Yeah. And we were like, well, you know, there's there's valid reason to take the ball, you know, because the idea is if you have the ball last to end the first half. You get the wraparound score. Exactly. You yep. get, you know, you, you kick the field goal or you get the touchdown, you start the second half, and then you hopefully go and score on that drive so that now you have two possessions back-to-back mm-hmm. where you score. That's a valid reason. That's a valid reason, but... But it, but you gotta you, you gotta move down the field first. It's not even the fact that they can't score to start. They can't even move the ball. Right. Their MVP of third quarter play this year is their punter. It was who's a Riley Dixon? That's still? correct. He's their most valuable player. He's like, it's like they're Iowa in the third quarter. Iowa, whose punter had a thousand more yards punting than their offense did, and he only gets to play one. Out of the four downs, but he makes it. He makes, makes it, it worthwhile. Count. I just, I, I get, I understand fully the theory behind it, but you have to at least be able to do that once or twice, right? Right. Once you want to go out there, at least you know you can move the ball in the first quarter. So you go down and you score. Yep. Just, I'm taking a look at the Broncos touchdown log, and there's. One, two, three, four third quarter touchdowns the entire season. One of them, though, was yesterday. One of them was yesterday. Cortland Sutton, which I will push back on Russ a little bit. Actually, I'm not going to. What he said was accurate. Cortland Sutton can catch everything. He just doesn't catch everything. He has the ability. And I'm sorry, Jerry Judy was... Just a massive letdown yesterday. Yeah. They could have... it. You know, you win by 17. They had a late touchdown. You know, it's essentially a shutout. You guys were very close to having the shutout. 24-7 to winners. Jerry Judy, though, man. I don't know where else you'd want Russ to put the ball. Like, because apparently leading you isn't good enough. Right. Throwing back shoulders not good. Hitting you in both freaking hands like your Marquez Valdez-Scantlin doesn't work. Like, where do you want, do you, does he need to stone hands the ball, like necessary roughness, and just wedge it into your face mask? Because I don't think he could put that kind of zip on it right now. Although he, it wouldn't be for lack of trying. No, that's true. But, like, man, Jerry Judy. Pull, I would say pull your head out of somewhere, but you need to pull your hands out of somewhere because he ain't got him right now. Right. Out of all the things I noticed yesterday, it was the, wow, the defense is playing really good. Franchise record for sack yardage. Did I see that correctly yesterday as well? I'd have 68 to double. Yards. I'd have to double check, but that that six, sounds right. Six sackums. You got uh, four of Justin Herbert, and you uh, ended the Chargers season essentially by breaking his finger. Easton Stick came in there and played poorly, and uh, the Broncos beat the Chargers. 24-7 on the road. First ever win at SoFi Stadium. The long and glorious history of that football field. And it's the first road win in division in the span of four years. And as everybody is all up in arms, Kadarius Tony 
helping the Broncos pull within a game of the Chiefs. <laughs> How do you line up offsides as an offensive player? We've got some, uh, some when it comes to that play, we have some uh, sound and talking do you, points. Do you have the Chiefs radio call of that? I don't. For sound check? Oh, man, alive. It sounded like somebody old yellered their entire season. I, They're still leading the division, mind you. I can see if I do some uh, sleuth thing, I can see if I can find the uh, the call. Maybe. So, and I, I know Broncos country, not big Chiefs fans, but Broncos country does like themselves some football. And I know not Travis Kelsey is not everybody's cup of tea. One, on the weekend that Frank uh, Whitecheck passes away, to have a lateral like that, that would essentially end Buffalo's season. Right. Because Frank Wycheck did that against Buffalo as a tight end. That was very poetic. It didn't count because <laughs> Kadarius Coney's a dingus. That's a hell of a play by Travis Kelsey. Like, I know Shannon Sharp is like, Kadarius Tony cost us the play of the year in the NFL. Skip. Skip. So, and still, that was a hell of a... And that throw, like running, being tackled, and that was a quick release by Travis Kelsey. We forget that he played, he played quarterback. Quarter, he <laughs> went to Cincinnati to play quarterback, like, and he zipped it, and it was a perfect camera angle. You could see that ball. That may be one of the tightest spirals thrown by a Chief this entire season, and it's not even Patrick Mahomes. And then it got wiped out and came all the way back. I was thinking that Sean McDermott was fired because he just could not beat the Chiefs in Kansas City. On top of, you know, everything else that came out about Sean McDermott last week. Oh, Von we had- Miller very much a, hey, thanks, coach. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, we, we had that conversation. So I just I'm, I don't know how much I want to wade into that because I really, really don't. The only thing that I'll I'll say is because we had a Tyler Franson drinking game yep. in relation to it. Because my father, when he was in the military, spent some time as an instructor on um and I wanna I wanna make sure I get this right. He was a non commissioned officer instructor uh, instructor on the Geneva Convention of all things, which I did not know, and made it a point to say that the comments that Sean McDermott made about the 9-11 terrorists working as a team are inherently flawed because, one, that's horrible and you shouldn't say that. And, two, they weren't working as a team. They were working as independent terror cells who just so happened to have a common goal. But the whole idea was that they were operating relatively independently. I think one so of the things that's so wild about that is the pushback is, well, technically he's inaccurate. Not the fact at all that he was that trying to talk positively about, about the 9-11 hijackers, not but only, the fact where you're like, well, you know, technically my dad says they weren't right. Not only that, though. That's but wild. Not, not only that, and trust me, trust me, I've, that's my father to a T. No, I get it, but still, that's, it's like... My my concern with it was that not only was he doing it, he was doing it in the state of New York. <laughs> hey, Sean, yeah. you idiot. Anyway, we had this conversation on Friday, so we, we dove pretty well deep into that if you want to listen to it. 
pod is up on the website. Mm. <laughs> no. I don't. I just... That was more time than I even really wanted to spend on it. Just Fair enough. Fair enough. Shake my head and bang it against something when I see something. Like, you, like really? You can't... You cannot say stuff like that when people are around. You can't say it ever. No. Nope. No matter how much you believe it, no matter what good intention, you just can't use that as an example. Not use at all. Something, anything else. Anything else. You just can't use that sort of thing. Jeepers creeper. Anyway, gets to keep his job for at least another week because Kadarius Tony is an idiot. And that's uh, one of the NFL games <laughs> that we'll talk about in around the NFL coming up in just about 45 minutes or so. But it's uh, what we usually do to get things started. What's happening? Yes, what's happening? Brought to you by ComWest, your technology partner, helping businesses grow their business by providing quality, reliable, personalized technological solutions that support and secure their business technology consistently and professionally. You can get in touch with ComWest. Go to their website, fill out the uh, submission form there. You can do that. Or give them a call, 242-8142. Email them, info at comwestcorp.com. Or no, you can even send them a fax if you know how to do that, 970-242-8139. Send them a fax. And uh, maybe they'll get back to you. Maybe they will send you back an old newswire. And it sets you up with, you know, a telephone. Because ComWest does that sort of thing. They have ours, which are fantastic. Yes. Um, very up-to-date. Still don't quite know how to use all the features on that phone. <laughs> so I enjoy... There's a, there's a lot of features. I enjoy the uh, ease of intercoming though that is very nice the easily intercom i like the fact that the buttons are huge <laughs> yeah big buttons big fat thumbs over here because like I, me some big buttons i have fat thumbed so many like yep. keyboards it's yeah i like big buttons and i cannot lie the denver broncos beat the la chargers by a score of 20 24 to 7 They've won six of seven. The defense notched six sacks and two takeaways against the Chargers. You know, we're, we're on our way. You know, I think we, the thing is we've got to stay humble and hungry, like I told you last time, and that's just the truth. we got to keep working. I thought we had our best week of practice this week, and uh, we showed up, and that, that showed out tonight. Broncos quarterback Russell Wilson, Sean Payton, says they were able to help the defense play to that ability because they were able to convert third downs offensively. It was a little different than the week before. Offensively, we converted much better on third down. And then defensively, I mean, every one of those snaps that are off the field, there were some things we have to clean up. But overall, it was one of our better team wins. Better team effort for sure. Broncos on third down, 8 of 17. They converted just under 50%. And the Chargers were 0 of 12. Broncos know what that feels like. Yep. Going to 0 for on the third down. But the Broncos pick up the win. They are now at the Detroit Lions. What's happened to the Jim Davis show's fighting Dan Campbell knee biters? The Bears. The Bears. The Bears picking up a big win over them. We'll the talk Bears. About, yeah. the Bears. We'll talk about that in around the NFL the Bears picking up 
a big win. And to be perfectly honest, I did not see it coming. I did not think he would finish number one, let alone win. Well, number one. I didn't think he'd get that many first place votes, let alone win the thing. But Jane Daniels is your Heisman Trophy winner. I was genuinely surprised by that, too. I was surprised. Yeah. This is a, a question for you. Okay. Is the dissolving of the Pac-12, did that, do you think, had anything to do with maybe Michael Penix Jr. not getting the Heisman? No. I don't think so. I think the fact that Jaden Daniels was, it's like preseason polls. Right. He was the favorite coming in, and the fact that he had nearly 5,000 total yards of offense... Yeah. And 50 total touchdowns won him the Heisman. I just thought they lost too many games that he might have been able to win, and that would be held against him considering Michael Penix Jr., Bo Nix, and Marvin Harrison Jr. lost a combined two games, right. or three games, and they Daniels lost three on his own. I was surprised about the gap. 292 first-place votes for Big Penix Jr., and uh, Daniels with 503 first-place votes. I was surprised about that gap. The thing I have a problem with, maybe since I'm not going to be here for White About It Wednesday for the next two weeks and it'd be out of date by the time I'm back, I'm going to say they had four Heisman finalists there, right? Raisin Canes had the top three Heisman finalists out to serve chicken fingers. Marvin Harrison Jr., nowhere near that commercial. A little upset. He's a finalist. He's in New York. Have him out to serve up some chicken fingers and some cane sauce as well. You know what I mean? Fair, but wasn't wasn't his dad kind of like not really media savvy, not like in commercials and stuff like that? I, to be honest, I don't ha- I don't have any idea what that has to do with anything. No, I'm just saying, like you know, if you're Marvin Harrison Jr., if you're taking after your father, maybe you don't want to be in those commercials. He he did his own. He oh, had his own Raisin Cane deal. He, they just didn't oh. have him out with the other finalists. Okay, see, I didn't know that. Yeah, I, he does commercials. He's okay. got, like, you know, just because his dad was averse and had that whole, you know, gun thing a while back doesn't mean that That's true. Marvin Harrison's packing. You know what I mean? Right, Marvin well, Harrison Jr.'s packing because Sr. might be. I did not know that. That, mm-hmm. he was, that he did it. Yeah, so that's stupid. If he's, yeah. if he's doing his own commercials, then what's, come on. Jaden Daniels, uh, transfer quarterback, the uh, second year in a row and fifth time in the past seven years that a transfer quarterback has won the Heisman Trophy. The CMU Mavericks men's and women's basketball teams both picked up sweeps in wins over the weekend. For the Lady Mavericks, they uh, took down UCCS 58-53 behind 16 points from Josie Stedman off the bench. Stedman led the way again on Saturday, 19 off the bench. Mavs beat Regis 87 to 82. On the men's side, CMU, another pair of sweeps. They took down UCCS 70-62 Friday night before just pelting Regis 92-57. Friday night saw four Mavs in double figures. Saturday saw the team shoot over 56% from the floor in the route of the Rangers. Mavs head coach Mike DeGeorge says Saturday is the first time all season they've really put it all together. It's our first complete game of the season, and, you know, we've had just kind of the in and out and at both, both ends of the floor, and it was great to see us just sustain our energy and focus on defense and then really continue to put a lot of pressure on them at the other end. 
Mavericks have won seven straight on the men's side. They're on the road this weekend at Adams State. Friday night on the team's CMU Sports Network for both men's and women's coverage starts at 3.15. Then the men head to Las Vegas. Monday and Tuesday, they'll take on West Texas A&M and then Simon Fraser University out of Canada. They're going to be at uh, Desert Oasis High School in Las Vegas coming up Monday and Tuesday. That's after they play at Adams State. So a little bit of a long road weekend for the men. The ladies just have the Adams State game over the weekend. And then uh, the Frutamani Wildcat Invitational wrapped up over the weekend. Fruta girls remain unbeaten. They won both games. They took down Eagle Crest and Ponderosa Thursday and Friday. The Grand Junction Tigers went 0-2. They fell to Ponderosa and Eagle Crest. The Central girls 0-2, falling to Pine Creek and Castleview. Palisade went undefeated at the Glenwood Springs Demon Invite. The Bulldogs are 5-1. and one. They host the Palisade Tournament this weekend. And the Montrose Redhawks, the girls won their fifth straight under head coach Steve Skiff down in Canyon City, 43-36. They finished the Demon Invite 3-0. and oh, Macy Oberg, the sophomore, 13 points, 14 rebounds in Saturday's win. On the boys' side, boys were uh, scattered all over the place. The Fruta Boys went 3-0 at the Boulder Valley Invite. They're still unbeaten. Grand Junction went 2-1 at the Ponderosa Tournament. They fell to the host Mustang 67-46, and they're 4-2 on the season. Central, they uh, went 1-2 at the Steamboat Springs Tournament. They beat Mitchell on Saturday. They're 3-3 on the season. The Bulldogs at Palisade wrapped up their weekend at the White River Tournament with a loss to Windsor Charter, 60-54. They're 3-3. Three three. Montrose is unbeaten at 6-0 after taking all three games. The Demon Invite, they beat Moffat County, Basalt, and Conifer. Coming up, Fruta, Junction, Central, Palisade, Delta, among others, at the Palisade Tournament this weekend. That's coming up Thursday, Friday, and Saturday from Palisade High School. Denver Nuggets off over the weekend because the uh, NBA Cup wrapped up. Thank God. Don't have to see those courts anymore. I know it. a lot of people it changed because early on it was, oh, this is just atrocious. And then by the end of it, it's like, oh, the, the courts are pretty neat. And they're really not. Uh, and the Colorado Avalanche lost to Philadelphia. That was back on Saturday night by a score of 5 to two and that is what's happening brought to you by our friends at comwest good the bad the ugly it is a monday get yours in chick-fil-a breakfast text line 970-242-1340 you can give us a call at the same number as well we're going to uh talk more broncos chargers coming up in a little bit and there's a lot of results from this weekend mm-hmm. Yeah, army navy mm-hmm. it was a great game fantastic game how about the Back door over on the safety as time expires. The total was 27 and a half, went from 26 to 28 with the safety. Yikes. Anyway, there's that. Jaden Daniels is your is your MVP, is your Heisman. Couple of big wins on the NFL weekend by teams I didn't expect to play that well. So over the course of the morning, we're gonna we're gonna ask for humility. Humility. You're going to ask for what humble, what made you feel sports dumb over the weekend? <laughs> I have a list. I did not think the Jets were going to win. Didn't care that it was at home. CJ Stroud, Big Apple, even though he got concussed. I did not think they were going to win, let alone in that fashion. 
Didn't think the Bengals are going to win. I didn't know how to take Browns, Jags with the quarterback situation. Joe Flacco. Flacco. Or Trevor Lawrence. Either way. So what made you feel sports dumb? Over Feeling the like, stupid? Yeah. I know I am. Like, you know what? You went into a game pretty confident. Like, you know, I think the Eagles are going to bounce back. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks for nothing. Made my wife happy. She's a Cowboys fan. So, you know, just ponder that in your mind hole and uh, get it to us on the Chick-fil-A text line, 970-242-1340. What made you feel sports? Maybe at some point we'll have the, which one did you call that none of your friends called? Made you feel sports smart. Maybe you had the over at Army-Navy. Maybe when everybody on the panel at college game day, including Bill Belichick, picked Navy and I picked Army, (laughs) <laughs> that will do it for you. Maybe, I am the smartest man alive! Maybe that's your sports smartness. But what makes you feel sports dumb from over the weekend? Was it, man, I didn't think it'd be Daniels. Kind of feel dumb with that one a little bit. I, I thought people would take into account more of how the rest of the team played because sometimes they do that. So there's some things to get in. We'll uh, go around the NFL. We got uh, the number game coming up a little bit later on. Sound check right around the corner. We'll talk more high school basketball, CMU basketball. Uh, Have the postgame sound from uh, the notorious MDG and Coach Taylor Wagner. Uh, A couple of wins for the Mavs. Coach Wagner less than pleased with uh, at least Saturday night's effort. So uh, we'll fight through some questionable audio to get that to you. We also have uh, four down territory coming up. Good call, bad call. Prep stars, mighty Mavs. Did I did I miss anything? Number game. Number game. I think did I maybe said that. Maybe I just thought that in my mind and didn't say it out loud. That happens to be quite a bit. But Either yeah, way. we'll have the number game. Either way, that'll be coming up in a little bit. So uh, we're just getting started. We're uh, show already in progress. Back with more B Team edition of the Jim Davis Show next on the Team Sports Network. They're a lot of fun. Oh. The Jim Davis Show. They're idiots. Say what? On Colorado's sports leader, the team. One, two, make you wanna. Uh. Welcome back to a B Team edition of the Jim Davis Show. Buckeye and Baked Goods with you here. Happy Monday. It's a victory Monday around these parts for everybody. Uh, with the exception of our buddy Chris Britt, unfortunately. Although, Bailey Zappi, what a hero for the rest of the AFC North. Browns, Bengals, Ravens all win, push the Steelers all the way back to last. Or, well, tied for last with the uh, Bungles there. But Jake Browning, how about Jake Browning? Right? For the Bengals, a couple of wins. We'll go around the NFL completely. In a little over a half hour, Nate's Vikings got, air quotes, win. They didn't lose. Let's just put it that way. They may not have won, but they didn't lose. You know who did lose, though? (laughs) The America. Oh, man. Those who are watching that game, they're the real losers. Yeah. So the late games around around America yesterday were Vikings Raiders. Oof. Broncos Chargers, which to be honest was, it's a win for the Broncos. Broncos fans enjoyed that game. Yes. Not a great game. Not a very good competitive slugfest game. 
Niners Seahawks surprisingly close. Twelve point win for the Seahawks. For and the Bills Niners, Chiefs, you mean? Or yeah, what? Who had? Who did I say? You said the Seahawks. I fifty-fifty shot. I took a, took a stab in the dark. No, Niners win that one. Twelve point loss for the Seahawks. Uh, Buffalo beat the Chiefs twenty to seventeen in Arrowhead. Well, um, if sorry, go ahead. If we're being granular, Kansas City probably beat themselves in that game, really. Yeah, Kadarius Tony beat the Chiefs. Just so <laughs> happens he plays for the Chiefs. AJ on the Chick fil A text line 970 242 1340. Broncos win, Eagles lose, KC loses. What a great weekend. Indeed, it was a pretty good weekend, that's for sure. For, uh, you know, yours trip, Marvin Harrison finishing fourth in the Heisman Trophy voting. It's weird that a coach that I wanted fired two weeks ago has had six Heisman finalists in the last six years. And if Ryan Day wants to take another job somewhere else, I'm not, you know, going to cry into my wheat checks that uh, he's leaving. Honda McCord into the transfer portal. Very happy about that. So, anyway, don't know where I was going with that one. But, uh, yes, it was a very good weekend. You can get yours in. You're good, you're bad, you're ugly. 970-242-1340. 970-242-1340. You know, hey, if you got a, a prep star or mighty Mav, you want to submit somebody, we'll have that coming up in a little bit as well for down territory. One thing we forgot to mention in what's happening, it's because I'm still having a hard time wrapping my head around $700 million. I saw something that's broken down, and this is pre-tax. pre-tax. Shohei Otani will make... during one of our 30-second commercials. Yes. He makes $2, like two and a quarter, every single second for the next 10 years. That's pre-tax, obviously. So in the state of California, he's going to make, I think, $1.10 every minute, which is still not bad. That's not bad at all. Uh, $700 million. Post tax, I saw somewhere that it will turn out to be like three forty eight, which, which is, is not bad. That's still a an, four official crap loads of money, seven hundred million dollars. And all, all of that mm-hmm. to go <laughs> to be the third to, best hitter on his team. To be be the third best hitter on his team, and. And to get bounced in the ALD in the NLDS, yeah, by the, the <laughs> by Diamondbacks, the, by like the Braves or something, yeah, the Diamondbacks or the Braves or the Marlins. We were talking about this over the weekend. You're like, hey, you know, for a Rockies fan, it should just feel like taking more water on the Titanic. And I'm kind of like, <laughs> well, well, I mean, at 59 and 103, it's kind of <laughs> like, eh, whatever. It's As a Rockies great. fan, as a baseball fan, it's fascinating. I love watching Shohei play baseball. The Dodgers are kind of fun to watch just because their offense is so absolutely loaded already. Right. But as a Rockies fan, I look at that, and I don't feel this overwhelming urge to, you know, vomit because they're just going to beat my team more. I just <laughs> am kind of like, eh. All right. This is, it's, you know, it's like a a torture scene where we've gone now from switching from electrocution Mm -hmm. to maybe something more akin to like a, like a, a belt or, or something. You know what it is? It means maybe they're one and 12 against the Dodgers next year instead of three and 10 like they were this last year. 
And that's until Otani pitches. Oh, dear God. Rockies lost double-digit games to two teams last year, the National League champion Diamondbacks <laughs> and the Doyers. Both of whom are division rifles. Yeah. You can- I tell you, you lose 103 games there, buddy. But, no, like, I just... If you're a Rockies fan out there, do you feel extra despair this morning because Shohei signed with the Dodgers? Or are you kind of like me where you're like, whatever. It's like, we're, we're out of it anyway. My main reaction is, well, I guess I'm priced out of Dodgers games for the next 10 years. Right. I want to see Dodgers Rockies. <laughs> Good luck. So there are plenty of seats available for Dodge, for Rockies Guardians. Like, oh, I can get four seats in a 100 level for $9? Sure, let's do it. Let's go. Make it a weekend. Yeah, I'm going to go to all three games for $12 a ticket. We were able to sit above the visiting scoreboard three years ago for $12 a seat. Like third Woof. row. Woof. Like, this is great. This is what baseball used to be. I felt like an old man. Like, dang it, kids, sit back in my day. Well, my day was three years ago. That was great. I remember years ago, I was at the grocery store with my mom, and they were doing a Rockies ticket giveaway in the floral department. <laughs> and it was a trivia question, and I got the answer right. And it was, like, down the first base line, good seats. And I look at the, like, value of the ticket. <laughs> base value. It's like 20 bucks. Yep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, and, and, again, they were good seats, and they were already free because I won them. Mm -hmm. And it's like, you know. You didn't feel like you won a whole lot. You're like, well, <laughs> hey, I saved $27. Perfect. <laughs> you want to you make me feel like a winner? Give me a parking pass, and I'll buy my own tickets. There you go. A buy down. me a $35 parking pass to Ball Arena. I'll buy my own Nuggets tickets, thanks. Right. That way I'll feel like a winner and get to sit in the parking lot That's for two hours after the game. Sweeten the pot. Add in, like, a free, like, concession, you know, like a beer or something. Yeah, you know what? I'll buy my own tickets. It's like per entry not included. I'll buy my own tickets if you give me a parking pass and a hot dog and a soda or drink of my choosing. Yeah. That's it. I, I'll buy my own tickets because then I actually feel like I'm winning. But if you're like, oh, hey, here's a rock pile ticket for free. Oh, thanks. I saved thanks. $4. <laughs> I appreciate that. I got to pay $15 to park and $9 for a beer. But Not ooh, even including the... Didn't, didn't have to pay. Not even including the gas money I'm spending driving to yeah, Denver. To idle in the parking lot on my way out is worth more than the rock pile ticket. Aww. Broncos beat the Chargers on Sunday. And you know who surprisingly had a good game? Who? The Denver Broncos wide receiving core. Well, not Jerry Judy. Sans Jerry Judy. <laughs> Sans Jerry Judy. He was there. I saw him running around getting hit in the face with passes instead was, of catching them. He dressed. Russell Wilson, 21-33, 224. Touchdown, a pick. Took a couple of sacks. And uh, you had Javante Williams, three catches out of the backfield. Samaje P. Ryan with five. He was the team's leading receiver. Team's leading yards received Geyer or whatever that makes more sense in your head. Cortland Sutton, three receptions, 62 yards and a touchdown. He talked with Susie Wargin after the game. Let's sit down in the middle of the field. She said, quick, and we abide. Here's Susie. <laughs> Thanks, Dave. Court, tell me about that third quarter touchdown. You one hand that 46-yarder. It's your 10th on the season. That's a career high for you. Yeah, um, you know, uh, Russ, Russ gave me a chance. Go make a play. We needed to get, you know, get some momentum, get something going, you know, to finish the game off. And 
um, you know, was able to make make a play. You know, just the props to all the boys, man. The O-line giving them, giving them time. Russ having the, the confidence in me to be able to go make a play. And then, you know, God being with me to go out there and make a play, you know, it's it's, it's amazing to be able to go out there and compete at a high level and, you know, just, just grateful for the opportunity to go make plays. Talk more about that offensive line. Everybody wanted to talk about Khalil Mack coming in here as the NFL sack leader. Got nothing today. Yeah, I mean, we're talking about them all season. Them boys show, show up and show out each week. You know, um, I think they go out there and, and prove to, you know, not only the, the everybody, but to themselves that they can compete with anybody. We got a great O-line, you know, from the outside to the inside. You know, those guys go out there and play the bus off. And, you know, it's just I'm grateful to have, you know, those guys. And I'm not the one that got to sit in the pocket. Russ is. And I'm grateful for them boys, man. They go out there and play the bus off. They practice their bus off. So they can come out here and perform at a high level. And they're doing it week in and week out. Grateful for them. Last one. How about that play that Coach dialed up for Troutman's touchdown? That was pretty cool. Man, that was a, a, a dope play. It was a, a big emphasis. You know, that was one of his babies. You know, you can always tell when Coach has one of his babies. And that was one of his babies. And, um, you know, I know he was super excited to see it see it work. But to see Trout get in the box, man, that's always a lot of fun. You know, dude works his butt off. He probably doesn't get a lot of credit. The credit that he deserves. But, you know, to see him be able to have that success and go out there and make those plays, it's always a lot of fun. Thanks, Court. Go celebrate. Appreciate okay. it. All right, Dave, back to you. We'll talk you in the locker room. Sounds good, Susie. That is Cortland Sutton, unedited, because I figured they would have the heads and tails trimmed, and I was wrong. Cortland Sutton on the field with Suji Wargin. Broncos beat the Chargers by a score of 24-7 at SoFi Stadium. Uh, coming up, we'll talk a little uh, local basketball. But first, it's time for Sound Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? I've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story. And I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. We talked about this, you and I did on Saturday, Bill mm-hmm. Belichick showing a rare glimpse of humanity yeah. on uh, college game day. Being picking- a real boy. He's a he's a real boy. He's a real boy with real emotions. Indeed, his face moved. He can smile. He can smile. He's no. got voice inflection. Yeah, it, and and not just like it wasn't moving like involuntarily, like from some sort of rictus or yeah, anything. Yeah, he didn't was, get tased into a smile. No, it was genuine emotion. So one of the moments that was actually fairly wholesome, uh, talking about Lee Corso, of course, on College Game Day's panel, and was an assistant at Navy. With Steve Belichick, of course, Bill Belichick's father. I have to say one other thing about Coach Corso. When he got there, one of the things, they, it's a Naval Academy. Army-Navy game was always a Saturday after Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving morning was the last practice. And then the pep rallies Thursday night. And then Friday, the team went to Philadelphia, and they beat Army. And then they came back and <laughs> <laughs> But the Thursday practice was the last practice. And at the end of that practice, players would take the coaches, and they would toss them into the Severn. My dad told Lee about it. And I don't think he really believed it at first. And then, you know, and Lee was like, in October, like, water's going to be kind of cold. <laughs> And in November, my dad was saying, Lee, that, that water's getting really cold. He goes, they're not really going to do that, are they? I go, oh, yeah, they're going to do it. So practice is over. Coach starts running. But they got him. They outnumbered him. They got him. One, two, three, boom, right into the seventh. And that's a cold bath now. Go Navy, beat on. What's even better is people at ESPN found the footage of Corso getting tossed in the river and, and played it. It, yeah. was, it was really nice. That's awesome. Yeah, I watched that whole thing, and it was just fascinating, the Belichick kind of angle on it. Right. Just the fact that he was 
such a human. You know what I mean? Right. Like he was emotional talking about Corso and his dad. He, you know, talked wistfully about his time, you know, in at what is it, the Naval Academy, right? Yep. You know, talked wistfully about his time playing, there. Playing catch with Roger Staubach. Playing catch with Roger Staubach. And, you know, it doesn't work so much on radio, but the old Navy football helmet. Oh, yeah. That he wedged on his big football head. That was pretty cool. Yeah. And we were talking about this. Is it is it cool because of the extreme lack of exposure that that side of Bill Belichick has? Or is it just cool to begin with? Porque no los dos. You know, I mean, because it is cool on its own surface level. But what makes it even cooler is what the, the hell did you just say? You know this is not a bilingual show, right? Fair enough. Okay. But, you know, again, it's cool surface level, but I also think there is something extra added because we just don't see this side of Belichick. I think we came a little bit close with the um, when they did the NFL, the 100. NFL 100. Yes, he was. I, he was. He was great. great. Fantastic. I think and. <laughs> I'm not just saying this because the Patriots suck right now, and there's a decent chance that Belichick might not have a job uh, at the end of the season, although Robert Kraft is nothing if not loyal. Um, but I think Bill Belichick truthfully would make a fantastic analyst on TV if he lets his personality shine. If he wanted to do it, he would be very good as... Not the full hour pregame show or however long NFL Network is. Right. But is like a let's go break down blanks defense with Bill Belichick. Yeah. I think he would be fascinating if he wanted to do it, which I don't know if he would ever want to do oh, God, on no. a weekly basis. No. If he could do it from his boat, maybe. But I don't know. Anyway, we'll talk more high school hoops coming up. This is the Jim Davis Show on the team sports network. Yeah, I think they're like the best on the radio. At least at the pro level, the best of the best. The Jim Davis Show on Colorado's sports leader, the team. Welcome back to the Jim Davis Show. Buckeye and Baked Goods with you here on a Monday. And by the end of the show tomorrow, this week will feel ever long because it is the two of us again tomorrow in for Jim. Jim takes a lot of vacation because he gets a lot of vacation, but also so do I. So uh, you get me today, tomorrow, Monday, Tuesday, next week, and that's pretty much it. And I'm here for pretty much all of it, Yeah, too, you're pretty so. much here for the next two weeks. So welcome aboard for cake. You get one day off the next two business weeks, and that's next Tuesday. So at that point, I might as well just come in. You might as well <laughs> just unfurl your Murphy bed in the studio back there and take a old little instead of the afternoon snooze, just take an overnight slumber. There you go. Back in uh, hey, one of those studios. That one, that one game of uh, JUCO. That 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 was a very oh, what, Thursday night. That was a distinct possibility. Yikes. Oh. 
<laughs> Man, what a what Oof. a day that was. Oof. Jeepers creepers. That's right. <laughs> that, one, that one still kind of haunts yeah, me a little bit. One still hangs around. Uh, the CMU men's and women's basketball teams picked up wins over the weekend. The Lady Mavericks down UCCS 58-33 behind 16 points from Josie Stedman. She led the way again Saturday with 19 in the Mavs 87-82 win over Regis. But head coach of the Mavericks, Taylor ha- Taylor Wagner, talking with Paxton Ritchie, was not super thrilled with the effort Saturday night. All right, we're here with head coach Taylor Wagner. Coach, you knew that Regis team was going to be a tough team to put away. What was the difference down the stretch to make sure you guys kept the lead, pulled this one out? Yeah, I mean, we just played scared. We played scared. We gave them wide open threes. We're talking about getting in their face, and they just kept shooting threes. It hurt that Olivia got, you know, fouled out and everything, so... You know, just that last 10 minutes was a joke. Talk about first half cushion. You guys played great in the first half, had that 15-point lead. Talk about how important that was with how the game played out down the stretch. We want to play, but we're not mature enough to do that the whole game, and we, that's what we got to continue to do and get better at, and I guess that's why I got to day so we can guard the three-point shot. Cause... Mavericks uh, improved to 7-2. and two. On the season, you wouldn't think that. <laughs> you wouldn't think that, but um, yeah, uh, like we'll talk with Coach Taylor Wagner tomorrow at length on Mav Day. The men pick up a sweep as well. They took down UCCS seventy six to two Friday night before absolutely pantsing Regis on Saturday ninety two to fifty seven. And Paxton caught up with the head coach of the Maverick Men, the notorious MDG coach comfortable win here tonight at home over Regis this team's had some slow starts we've had a lot to work to do in the second half that wasn't the case tonight how does that make you feel as a coach to not have that double digit hole yeah I mean it's our first complete game of the season and you know we've had just kind of the in and out and at both both ends of the floor and it was great to see us just sustain our energy and focus on defense and then really continue to put a lot of pressure on them at the other end and, you know, when you hit 16 at 31 threes, it helps. So. Yeah, yeah, it helps is an understatement. Talk about this team has struggled in the first half shooting, just not getting things to fall. Again, not the case tonight. How much confidence does that give the group when you see the shots falling early? You know, my wife is doing funny stuff here. Uh, but, uh, the uh, you know, it's really more about what we're, uh, what we're trying to get done rather than it is about, uh, you know, whether shots go in or not. Last night we were kind of tentative and we weren't taking great shots. Tonight we were aggressive and assertive and it just led to high-quality shots and then they go in. So it's really more about the process we follow than it is about the outcome of the shot. Talk a little bit about the end of the game. You got to empty the bench, get some guys their first action of the season. For some of them, first of their career, just talk about some of those guys who got in and their contribution. Well, they've been working really hard in practice, doing a great job. It's tough. You sit there for two hours, you get thrown into this live situation. So I always feel bad for them, but, you know, they fought hard as they always do in practice every day. It's great to see them get out there. Mavericks head coach Mike DeGeorge after the win. We'll talk with him on Mav Day coming up tomorrow as well for uh, CMU Mav Day. That's Tuesday's 9 o'clock hour on the Jim Davis Show. It was funny. So his wife was basically like circumnavigating him during his post-game interview, like doing, you know, making funny gestures, trying to get him get him off his game during the post-game. It was, and it worked. And it worked. It worked a little bit there as well. We'll go through 
the high school weekend coming up later on. We got around the NFL at the top of the upcoming hour. We'll check in with every game from Sunday. We got highlights from the Broncos win in Los Angeles against the Chargers. Plus, we have the number game, four down territory, good call, bad call, prep stars, and mighty maps. That's just next hour. It's fully loaded. Don't go anywhere. B-team edition of the Jim Davis Show, Buckeye and Baked Goods. In for Jim on a Monday on the team.